Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are doing a special bonus emergency uh-huh. episode yes. of Comic the, Book Club. The red it's phone not went an emergency. off. It's the an red emergency. phone went off in my place, and I was like, "Oh shit! It's time for an emergency podcast." If Comic you, Book Club. The Comic Book Club signals in the air. It's time to talk fandom. I mean, fandom, if you get in the dome, fandom. Uh, if you mean by emergency, you want an opportunity to flex about something you had to do for your job and then kind of turn that into something you do with us. I mean, then, yeah. This is, Woo, this is a emergency. ridiculous thing. You're, I am not going to flex about sitting on my bed and watching eight hours of DC paddles. We're There's doing nothing it right to now. flex about that. That's what you're doing. Yeah, fandom flexing the dome. I don't, don't want to brag about this cool thing that I did that was publicly available to literally anybody in the world and then played three times, but... Fandom, you're on your bed at home. It's the <laughs> fandom and it flexing in the fandom, Alex. Uh, but yeah, I did watch all eight hours of fandom. Flex! <laughs> yeah, not a flex! Flex, I not got some free shit, so now we're doing a podcast about it. Flex! Flex had had eight hours to had eight hours to spare. Flex, flex, <laughs> free time. Flex. Uh, yeah, I, I watched all eight hours of Fat Dub. Which uh, are I you think, okay? Are you uh, the same no, person? I was, I was wiped. That was a lot of uh, watching DC stuff. I'll tell you what. Um, but what do we want to do? Do we? I mean, I think the big news. How big about you just is, field questions for me and Justin? <laughs> Let me tell you what, if we're going to, like, do we want to talk about the Batman trailer? Because that was, I think, the big thing that came out of it. Or do we want to generally talk about DC fandom? Let's, we can see, see, Pete and I consider this sort of an Alex dome. Yeah. And we're, we're in the Alex dome. And so we want to, like, just sit here on our beds and partake in Alex's digest. We're like little baby birds. You're the mama (laughs) bird. You've eaten the fandom and we want you to spit little bits of the fandom into our mouths. Okay. So before I talk about every piece of news, I'll just go, Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, uh, God. Stop. Oh, now it's time Stop. to talk about your woman. That was, that was too graphic. Uh, Suicide Squad. Uh. <laughs> Here come the wormies of information, as mm. we always say. I, I tell you what, though the the kind of gun like talking about Suicide Squad really got me pumped for Suicide Squad. Like seeing him like talk excitedly about this movie. I was like, man, Marvel fucked up, and he got to do a Suicide Squad <laughs> movie, and it looks like he had a fucking blast, and he'll probably get offered to do another one because it looks amazing. Well, I overall, I mean, to take a broad view about the fandom thing and then get back to Suicide Squad, it was ridiculously impressive. Like, there was a, a large part of me that thought it was going to be a disaster, that right, the yeah. stream was going to crash. I don't know what they were going to talk about for eight hours. They downsized it from being six islands with virtual content and hundreds of hours of panels going out at the same time to, quote unquote, just eight hours of panels that were streaming three times. But it was super entertaining for the entire eight hours. They wow. alternated it between... I. I I almost think like the first three panels were a good example of what they were going for. And they really set it up nicely where the first panel was Wonder Woman 1984. They did it very differently from a regular Zoom panel. Like, I think we've all gotten kind of sick of the format of just a bunch of boxes and that's it. So instead, they have the host 
clearly green screened in, standing on this virtual environment, and they put the cast up in the background, super huge, so it looked like they were almost uh, addressing. I mean, not as creepy, but like the council on Krypton, you know, when they had yeah. that thing. That's what it kind of felt like, but in a fun and chipper way. Uh, then they went to a video <laughs> game panel, which was edited very differently. And then they went to a comics panel where they talked about the Sandman universe for a while. And they all had their different paces. They all were very interesting. And they all brought it in to the point that Pete was making. Like, a lot of excitement and a lot of fan interaction, pre-taped stuff, but fans asking questions, uh, the stars looking at cosplay and fan art throughout, and it almost felt like the closest you can come virtually, mind you, with this, with, like, walking around the con floor where you feel those different paces of, you're in the movie section now, and it's big and exciting, and they're giving away posters and fans are screaming, and then you go over to the video game thing, and it's just, like, loud, crunching noise and bright, shining lights, and then you go over to the comic section, and it's like, it's very slow and calm, but we're talking about comics <laughs> now. <laughs> Fandom, couldn't believe it worked. <laughs> I really can't. And other than, like, two... I mean, Justin, you produce shows. You know how difficult it is to produce. You're a like, line producer. <laughs> yep. Nope. Yes. Nope. But Alex, you know how difficult Alex it is right to produce. Alex, right for a change. Like, Pete, wrong. Uh, like half an hour, forty-five minutes an hour. The fact that they produced an eight-hour-long show that, other than like, I noticed split seconds of blackness when they were cutting from one thing to another twice. Yeah, that's not easy to do, uh, especially in a time in COVID times. Like, yeah. Not even just the actual act of getting people to talk in the, their own places, but just coordinating that technology and making sure everyone's Wi-Fi works is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the fact that they, even on a technical level, on a production level, that they pulled it off was super impressive. But uh, the reason I started to go on this rant uh, based off of Pete is like, for the most part, across the board, you just got such excitement from the filmmakers and the actors about everything they're doing. And I know they're paid to do that, but particularly like James Gunn, you can't fake that. Towards the end of the day, the way that Matt Reeves talked about the Batman before they showed off the trailer, uh, it was just like he was just going off at top speed about the continuity and the depth of like the comics and Gotham City and their take on the movie. And everything was just really, really super impressive and engaging and thoughtful with like one exception. There was one panel that didn't work, but other than that, across the board, you could just really get that excitement on everything from the movie panels to, uh, there was a surprise milestone panel and that was just filled with so much love for the milestone characters and the, uh, yeah. continuity yeah. and the comics. It, it was great. It was great to watch. I was I saw- beyond uh, impressed. I saw Sanford Green uh, tweeting about that, and I got excited about it. That's pretty cool. But Suicide Squad, holy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah. that looks bananas. That was like a comic come to life and such a crazy. It looks, I didn't think I would be this excited about Suicide Squad. I am very excited about this movie. Holy crap. It looks like it's in the right hands. And doing all the right things. My only thing is, like, do they have enough actors in the movie to, like, for anyone to die? Like, to, to like, I don't think so. Hit? I think everybody's going to survive to the end of yeah. the Suicide Squad. 
Uh, no, it's great. The cast looks great. I I freaked out about Peter Capaldi as the thinker. That is perfect casting. Um, yeah. Clearly, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is great. Uh, the costume they put on John Cena for, I think he's playing the Peacemaker, yeah. is so funny and yeah. ridiculous. Uh, that That, I think, like gets to the aesthetic of what they're going for is it's going to be interesting to watch because I think they went for like, it feels like they went back in time in terms of the superhero costumes, that it's not modern. This makes sense in a modern context MCU so much as this is what they would have done in the seventies for these costumes. And that's funny to see. Exactly. Like they're sort of janky uh, in the right way in that it's like, well, these people, these people are that way. So it makes sense. These characters. Yeah. It looks like they're, they're having fun with it. And it's, uh, it's, it could be very exciting, and I'm really hoping they they nail this. I mean, James is is the person for this. It's got a sense of humor about it, so it could. Oh, be you're really... on a first name basis with him, Pete? Uh, no, 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 I am not. Jimmy, Jimmy Guns, you call uh, him yeah. Jimmy Guns. Call him old J Guns. Uh, but who do you yeah. think's gonna Who do you think's gonna die first in the movie? Who? John Cena. John Cena. Mm-hmm. Nah, he's going to survive. I think they're going to kill Pete Davidson. Oh, I mean, come on. It's been, uh, it's it's been a lot soon. of people's dream. <laughs> come on. Uh, I do think, I mean, they could pull a, uh, what was that movie where um, uh, the action hero died at the, the plane movie from like the early aughts and the hero, like Kurt Russell maybe died in the very couple first minutes. Oh, I don't know. I don't no, know what that movie is. First ones I thought of are Scream killing off Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And uh and the other guys when they kill off Oh my god, who are the good cops? Samuel Jackson and uh The Rock. Yes, that's right. Uh but yeah, they could do something like that. I think like killing off a big star right off would yeah. make a lot of sense. Uh but yeah, it's gonna be really fun and it looks wild. Um let's Let's talk about some of the other stuff before we get to the big one, uh, which uh, is the Batman. Uh, the yes, Wonder Pete. Woman uh, one looks great. I was really worried about uh, what's her name playing Cheetah, but the more I see, the less worried I get. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I'm still a little worried about it, to be honest. Uh, I, I like the trailer. The cast feels fun. There was a wonderful moment on the panel when they surprise brought in Linda Carter. Uh, yeah. That was so wonderful and so emotional and so heartfelt. She told this wonderful story about her daughter telling her when she saw Gal Gadot in the costume for the first time that she's like, oh, I get it. I get why Wonder Woman means so much to so many people, why your role means so much to so many people, um, which was very sweet. And just like cutting to Patty Jenkins' faces uh, and Gal Gadot's faces, whether she was talking about that was wonderful. Um, but Chris Pine seems really funny in the movie. The action looks amazing. Cheetah looks bad. What? Yeah. I think like the effects look bad. I love Kristen Wiig, but... I, I I don't know. It just doesn't look finished to it me. It looks it looks scary, which I think is a good choice to have it be like a scary cheetah, like 
Like that line where she's like, oh, God, what have you done? I think really kind of was like, oh, shit, this is this cheetah is not fucking around. It's not the cartoonish cheetah that we remember maybe from the cartoons and stuff. Oh, OK. I thought maybe you were when you were saying it's a scary cheetah, you're comparing it to the other cheetah in your life, Chester Cheetah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that guy is as- a fucking Cheetos problem, by the way. As long, <laughs> wow! As long as she says it's not easy being cheesy, it's a successful movie to me. <laughs> Agreed. A uh, couple of other things that were shown off throughout the day. As I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head here, uh, there was a Black Adam thing. Yeah, um, they didn't have yeah. any footage because they haven't filmed anything. But it was just the Rock standing alone on a screen talking about his love of the Why movie. Not? Which, Why not? Great! It's great. Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous that. Uh, I, I'll speak for myself. It's ridiculous that I'm not sick of The Rock yet. Like, I feel like I should be sick of The Rock. <laughs> wow. But having him just stand there and somebody be like, hey, uh, is Black Adam the strongest guy in the DC universe? And The Rock being like, well, he's played by The Rock, so you know, of course. And I'm like, great. Yeah, talk about how strong you are for a while. That's fun. It yeah, is. He's, he's doing the... Can you use I think you're smelling what The Rock is cooking. I think so. Uh, the big tease is there beyond the logo and him just generally talking about Black Adam being faithful to the comics is he is going to be going up against the JSA in the movie, the Justice Society. Uh, specifically, if I'm remembering the members correctly, there's Adam Smasher, who's going to be played by Noah Centineo. Yeah. Uh, there's also Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Cyclone, and maybe somebody else that I'm forgetting there. Uh, but what do you think about that as a matchup, seeing Black Adam versus the Justice Society? I think it's cool. It's it, it's a smart choice because it gives us um, heroes that we will, rec- even if you're not a comic fan, you'll recognize a little bit, but not necessarily be like, oh, no, they killed my favorite Green Lantern, Alan mm-hmm. Scott. Uh so I think it's, it's smart. It's a good way to do, like, not have to kill all your Justice League characters, but something that still has some stakes. Yeah, and I I feel like him going up against, uh, what is it, Chuck, uh, Shazam, just wouldn't do it. So, like, giving uh, The Rock the whole Justice League to go up against makes more sense. Yeah, uh, Justice Society. Uh, the Sorry. No, that's all right. Uh, you're new to comics, so I just wanted to specify. Uh, the, you're a piece of shit, so I just wanted I do to specify feel like, that. I mean, they didn't mention this necessarily, but I do feel like there was this initial thing when the movies were happening. The TV was so successful, but they very famously like uh, cast Ezra Miller as the movie Flash I think two weeks after the first episode of The Flash debuted to hit ratings. And it always felt like they were going on these two different tracks that were competing with each other. Now they've been very clear about, oh, there's a whole DC multiverse. You know, they're all, you know, running in their own places. So that's why you could have multiple Batmans running around and whatever else. But it does feel like the choices here for the Justice Society are very specifically cognizant of not trying not to overlap too much with Stargirl to me. Yeah. Uh, which I think is very smart, and I like. Yes. Yeah, Stargirl's great. Don't fuck with it. <laughs> Don't um, fuck I with had, Stargirl. I had my research team look up that movie I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and it's the movie Executive Decision, and it's, <laughs> Steven, it's Steven Seagal that dies early. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. That's a great way to start a movie. Well, that's uh, that's one executive decision that I agree with. <laughs> Uh, what else was going on? A bunch of other stuff. You mentioned Shazam. There wasn't a lot out of that panel. Uh, they mentioned that Shazam 2 is called Shazam Fury of the Gods, and maybe Sinbad is in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the a, weird thing. that's yeah. a weird thing to sort of brag about. 
it was unclear whether he was actually in it or not because they didn't have any real news to plug during the panel. So instead, Sinbad broke into their Zoom group chat and said, yeah, I was in the first Shazam, of course. And then they had the whole Mandela effect thing of yeah. Shazam versus Kazam, the genie movie that I think he was in. No, but he no. wasn't. That was Shaq. No, no, that was Shaq. Yeah. That was Shaq. Okay. <laughs> See, this is why it's fucked up when you start talking about this, because it does fuck with your head. Mm -hmm. It really does. Uh, So that was kind of what was going on with Shazam. Um, We should probably, before we get to the Batman, the last thing we'll talk about here, we should probably talk about the Snyder Cut. Yeah, Pete, you've been pushing the hashtag on Twitter for so long. Like, how gratifying is it to finally see some footage from these four one-hour movies that will end up comprising <laughs> your dream project, The Snyder Well, Cut. what's crazy is it looked to me like um, the guy from Ready Player One, the bad guy, uh, and that was the fucking uh, dark seed kind of character in The Snyder Cut. I was surprised that the... Character designs were so similar. Um, I yeah, I don't know what to say about the Snyder Cut. It's it that trailer showed like all of the changes in one trailer, so it's kind of like why watch the Snyder Cut? I know all the things he did right now, but uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple people check it out. I mean, think about it this way. They put a very bad hour and a half long movie in theaters. Now you get to watch four hours of it. That's pretty cool. But no way. It's four hours long. So here's the crazy thing about the Snyder Cut. There's been so many rumors, so much discussion. It became very clear when HBO Max uh, approved it and announced that they were going to be doing it, that there was no real Snyder Cut. It was something right. that people were pushing. Uh, Zack Snyder was certainly encouraging them along the way, but it doesn't exist. So they're starting to make it. They're starting to create it now. And though there hasn't been a ton of reporting about it, uh, apparently what's been happening in the background is they've been taking whatever raw footage, rough footage, animatics, et cetera, that they have, and putting that together and trying to cobble together something that will eventually become what we're calling the Snyder Cut of Justice League. That's going to cost, at the ground level, $30 million. The head of HBO Max uh, gave a quote that was like, I wish it was only $30 million. Um, but what they're doing right now is they've been in an editing bay to spruce up this footage, change digital effects, do things like sub out Steppenwolf, everybody's favorite villain, for Darkseid, everybody's second favorite villain, uh, in some of the footage, uh, and then put together some of the stuff that was cut out or deleted or unfinished, like Black Suit uh, Superman or uh, the whole most of the Flash and Cyborg's plot line, which were completely missing for the movie. But they're going to have to – I cannot imagine they could do this without reshooting stuff, creating new stuff. It's not going to hold together as a story without that. Uh, but what they've promised is that it's going to be four one-hour episodes that are going to broadcast on HBO Max, followed by a cut that puts it together as a whole seamless movie that's going to go up after that. Uh, and then they're also going to figure out a way to do it internationally as well, uh, wherever you don't get HBO Max, which is internationally. Now, this now, is- this is insane because if this like does well, then anyone who makes a shitty movie can be like, "Well, you got to see my cut," and then turn. A, a, That's already happening. Op- David Ayer is already pushing for his uh, David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, which nobody wants. 
Wow. I mean, that's the thing is like for anyone to be like, yes, finally, I get to see the cut that Zach always wanted to do a four hour cobbled together version involving a ton of reshoots and a bunch of new CGI that's being added separately. Here's the analogy that I think is perhaps best. Um, it's like the, the initial movie was a, a sculpture out of cheese. They make okay. like a, a Wisconsin based cheese sculpture. All right. And then great, at the great. end of it, they were they so were far like, I'm in. So far you're in. <laughs> I love cheese. cheese. Uh, at the end of it, they're like, oh, shit, this, this sculpture sucks. It's made out of cheese. What do we do? And someone was like, well, what if we took all this cheese that's left over on the ground and is dirty and we just <laughs> taped it back onto the sculpture and see if we can make something out of that? And that's what we're going to get is a big pile of old cheese. I mean, I think just to continue with your metaphor, it's more like there was uh, somebody making a Wisconsin cheese sculpture. Wasn't able to finish it. Somebody came in and was like, I think you were making a dog. I'm going to just keep Mm -hmm. carving that. Even though they were probably making a cat, but it's not 100% clear because they only got about like half to 75% finished. And then everybody looked at that and was like, what is this horrible dog cat monstrosity made out of cheese? And then years later, the original person who was making the cat was like, you know what? I'm going to go out to the store, buy a bunch of new cheese for a lot of money, some very fancy cheese, mm. jam it on here and make, and make a lizard. Mm. Because, <laughs> it, like, it's not even his original vision. Who knows what his original vision was? It certainly wasn't a four-hour-long movie. It was yeah. a regular-length movie, probably like two and a half, three hours, maybe, at the outset, if they were really trying it. And now he's making something entirely new. The thing that was well, annoying to me, like the footage looked fine in the trailer, and I will begrudgingly watch all four hours of this Justice League Snyder cut, was the shitty panel that came before it. And it was a half hour of people telling Zack Snyder, including Zack Snyder, how great he was, which seemed the opposite and antithetical to everything that was going on all day long. And was so uncomfortable to watch. There was a fan who literally was like, I love you. I want to fight for you. And then they cut to Zack Snyder and he was just nodding, very pleased to hear that. Now, see, you say that that panel was shitty, but I know for a fact that Zack Snyder has a vision for it. That's going to be a two hour version of that panel. (laughs) That's actually fucking awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. If they turn shitty, dirty cheese into something that's good, because... Justice League has a lot of amazing stories to tell, and they could salvage it somehow. Um, I just don't know if I want it to succeed because I don't know if I want to encourage Zack Snyder or not. I think it's more about there are some, I'm sure, very kind fans of the Snyder Cut, and they've been very passionate about uh, suicide awareness in particular uh, because that's the yep. reason he left the production originally is his daughter uh, killed herself, uh, which is horrifying. But yeah. there's also been a lot of abuse that's been laid down on people because of the Snyder Cut, and I think that's the thing that makes me worry more than anything else. The other thing that I'll say about it is... I didn't like Justice League at all, even though there were some fine moments in it, I guess. I also, and Pete, I know you and I disagree about this, so just give me a moment to like talk through this for a second. I also really didn't <laughs> like Aquaman at all. Fuck you, you fucking fuck! <laughs> Hold on. There was an Aquaman thing later on, which was James Wan talking with Patrick Wilson, and 
I didn't like Aquaman. It was them t- going behind the scenes of Aquaman and being like, we didn't know what we're doing. Here's how we put this together. Here's how we did this effect. Here's what we learned. And it was super fun and super interesting to watch how they like built the movie in CGI, how they built the worlds, put together the costumes. Uh, Patrick Wilson being like, I'm riding around on like an enormous tennis ball and I don't know what's happening. But it was really fascinating. And I realized at that point, oh, yeah, that's what the Snyder Cut paddle should have been. And I would have been right. like the, the process of putting this thing together is fascinating. And I'm really interested to hear how it actually happened. I don't need to hear about how awesome Zack Snyder is and builds this mythology around him. It should be about the Justice League, you know. But I think that's the whole issue with this whole quote unquote movement is it's not about it's become this thing, this icon where it's like, I'm an aggrieved fan, uh, I feel angry about this, and we're making progress. It, it's not even about the actual process at all. It's about this hype. And that's why I feel like the panel was indicative of that. Yeah. And also, Aquaman's awesome, you fuck. I mean, Aquaman, the movie is not awesome. Sure is. <laughs> Jason uh, Momoa well, is fantastic as Aquaman. Uh, whatever you think about Aquaman, let's finish up here talking about, and there's lots of other things to talk about DC phone down, but let's talk about the Batman, which was clearly the marquee thing happening all day. That's what they ended with. Uh, it started, as I mentioned with Matt Reeves talking at length about his vision for Gotham city and Batman in general. Uh, the thing that they're doing just to give you the laying the ground, uh, is it's year two Batman. So it's going to naturally touch on his origins a little bit, but it sounds Uh, like we're not going to see the alloway. We're not going to see the pearls, which is a huge disappointment for any fan of Batman because we want to see that. Like how did his parents die? Stop. Tell the story. Tell the story. (laughs) And here's Uh, the thing. Here's what we haven't seen. Who made that pearl necklace? Mm-hmm. Where, where are the where are the pearls? Where are the oysters? The pearls came from. Yeah, right. like, I want to meet every single one of those. Yeah. Each oyster <laughs> story, you know, I can, give me the Snyder cut of the necklace, man. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see the whole necklace, top now, to bottom. I, yeah, Each I, pearl tells a story. I wish I would have known that before I watched the Batman trailer. To me, that was the biggest news out of the uh, you know Saturday. I was like, oh shit. They released the Batman trailer. Um, I didn't realize it was year two when I watched it. Um, That makes a lot more things click Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Well, I think the idea, which is very smart that he talks about, is he wanted a Batman who doesn't have the whole Bat family behind him yet. Uh, is still able to make mistakes and is still learning things, but knows enough that you can put him in action sequences and you can have him detect things and solve mysteries where it's not entirely fresh and new to him. It's a Gotham City that's still getting comfortable with him, uh, but he is out there and you don't need to see him being like, I'm going to put on the uniform for the first time. Here's how it works. What's a Batman? I like bats. The most important thing about any Batman movie is showing just how miserable Batman is all the time. Like he, Mm -hmm. I want my hero to be just having the worst time. (laughs) And that's what is apparent about all all of the more recent Batman movies. And especially this trailer, I was like, Jesus, can't we get a little something in here? That's not, that's my, I, yeah, that was my reaction too. I was like, Jesus, this is dark and fucked up. And like, I don't even care about the darkness. Like, look like a psychopath. 
I don't even care about the darkness and like the, I, that just feels like a trope to me with Batman where it's, where it's so easy to be like, well, I dwell in darkness so that you may face the light. Why? And like this, like such a suffering, uh, like Christ-like thing. I just want to say that was a great reading you just did there. I really felt that. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Uh, Were you disappointed at all that he didn't amp up the Christian Bell growling voice? Like when he said, I'm vengeance. It was just like a very normal Kevin Conroy-esque, I'm vengeance. No, it Versus, wasn't. I wanted to see, like, pieces of his throat spray yeah. out of his mouth. He's growling so You hard. thought you know that was I'm normal? A vengeance. Yeah, that's, was, you know. I thought it was a very over-the-top on vengeance. Uh, sounds like maybe I'm in the minority here. I like the footage, and I was kind of impressed that they mentioned they've only filmed 25% of the movie. Uh, so that they were able to put anything together that made any sort of sense was kind of impressive. Um, it's definitely like grim and dark, like you've been saying, but maybe it's just a part of my brain turns off when I see Batman live on screen where I'm like, that sounds good. I'll see that. Yeah. That's all I mean about Aquaman. Very different situations. I, I just think... Uh, I feel like we've just seen this like brooding, mm-hmm. uh, like we can't have a little bit of tinge. It's just, there's no nuance to it. And like, I want a little bit of that just to be different from, we've seen so, so much of the hyper grim, like race to the bottom grimness of Batman. I, I agree with you. And I think that's the thing. I feel like I could still eventually be critical whenever we actually get to see it in theaters or at home or whatever is going to happen. Um, but there's we'll also see. a part of like, there's that shot where Batman is beating up the thug and it just yeah. hangs on him as he punches him over and over yeah. again. I was like, who is this guy? This guy's a psychopath. He's a psychopath, but just on a level of being an action sequence shot, I thought was so impressive because normally you see they're cutting like they're very purposely cutting away from the costume because they're going to the stunt bed. So you get like a flurry of punches, but holding still on that shot and just holding on it and holding on it. Um, I, I said, Oh shit out loud when it kept going, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know who that is. Uh, that, uh, that's not a Batman that I want to see. A psycho who's wow. beating the shit out of somebody more. But don't than- you want to see a psycho who has to learn not to be a psycho? I guess mm. that's what they're going for, but that's not something that I signed up for. You wouldn't like that? Like if there was a hero who started as like a vigilante murderer and then had to slowly learn not to kill, that wouldn't be in your wheelhouse, Pete? Nope. Well, what if like they used instead of batarangs? Let what me if they stop used- you right there and say, what nope. if they use nope. arrows, nope. Pete? What would you think of that? Would you enjoy watching that over the course of eight seasons? No. Nope. Pete? Interesting. Pete doesn't like Arrow. The <laughs> final Arrow Corner. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Boom. Thus closing the door on the Arrow Corner. Yeah. So you guys, you're you're not into the Batman. Is your no, I mean, point. to your point, like the the footage does look good, and uh, Robert Pattinson does look good as Batman. Um, nope. Has that sort of uh, brooding um, young, and it, it's nice to see like younger a younger Batman again who actually feels younger, as opposed to an older man playing a younger version of <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Um, so there's some good things about it. It just it strikes me so much that like. There's just such a push to be like, this hero you love hates his life. Enjoy. <laughs> and I'm just like, what if like every you're watching a football game and the quarterback is just like, 
well, here we go again. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, no. <laughs> like, you want to watch people doing stuff where they're, like, getting something out of it and are like, I've make, made the right choices. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's early, um, you know, and but after seeing the trailer, I was just kind of like, who's that? That's not the Batman I know and love. Yeah, it seems I, like I it- think there's there's as usual though enough around Batman that's really interesting. Like Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman is awesome. Those uh, yeah. very quick scenes were very cool. Jeffrey Wright looks perfect. As Jeffrey Wright recording. is a phenomenal actor. He can never do love any that. wrong. Love that. Uh, and I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. A couple of people grabbed stills. I completely missed it the first time through. But Colin Farrell is playing yeah. the penguin under a pound of uh, makeup, so much so that he looks like Richard Kind, which is wild. He's like, he's <laughs> like Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I also like the fact, and uh, this is very early going, but the Riddler being the villain and having riddles that are actual riddles and not like, here's a riddle for you, Batman. What walks on four legs in the morning? (laughs) And that's basically the level that they're working at, uh, which I think is neat. Um, I'm excited. One other detail that I think I was like, all right, fine. I'm sold. That was a good call out was when, uh, when Matt Reeves was asked what Batman comics inspired him, he specifically called out Darwin Cook's Batman ego just like oh, wow. that's Weird. so specific, and just on a comic book level, I was like, "All right, fine, geek card approved. I get it. That's yeah. fine." Gonna have to reread that. Yeah. Uh, first I tick, then I talk. If you'll find me, I'm a good luck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, <laughs> folks. Uh, that's it for our DC fandom special episode. We'll see you at our regular bat time, bat place, Tuesday night at 7 p.m. for our live show on Crowdcast and YouTube. Uh, as usual, you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Uh, also, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Follow us on Twitter at comic book live. Until next time, we'll see you in the dome. Welcome to the dome. The dome is over. The dome's over. Please leave the dome. (laughs) 